Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hey, hey, Kip Nation, how are you today? We are having a tremendous time as we are in conversations with women warriors. We have chosen uh, women who are doing work on the front lines and the marketplace and those who feel that God is the reason that they are able to do what they are doing and they do it as it relates to their relationship with God. And so this is a unique perspective. Many people work, but there are few people that labor and allow God to labor through them. And one of those people that labors on the front line right here in the DMV is Donna Bailey. She is the socialpreneur, entrepreneur of Sweet Jesus Jelly and Jams. And she's here, our founder, and our speaker for today, Donna, welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Bishop. Welcome. Thank you. Donna, could you, uh, first of all, we are glad to have you on the show, but I just want to jump right into it because we have a lot to cover. But tell me a little about yourself. You have an interesting background going back several decades to the tri-state area. And we talked earlier that we were born just a few uh, hours away from each other in the same generation. We ain't going to tell none of the rest of that stuff. We're going to leave that secret. But Donna, tell us a little bit about yourself and your upbringing. Oh, sure. Um, Bishop, I'm originally from Montclair, New Jersey. Um, I'm one of nine children. I'm number eight, right? Um, I have a twin sister, Diana. She's 10 minutes older than me. She thinks she's 10 months. Where our house was on two acres of land in Montclair, New Jersey. So anybody familiar with the Northeast knows that in that part of New Jersey, which is called the Garden State, everybody had like huge gardens and our home just happened to be on a nursery. It was a huge house because it was so many of us. But the good thing about that is that we grew up with 
apple trees, cherry trees, grapevines, pear trees, mulberry trees. And my twin, she was really into gardening. So we had um, always had fresh vegetables, collard greens, peas, carrots, corn. So the way that we love fresh fruits and vegetables, we, we just grew up in it, Bishop. I think about the genius that my parents had when they said, hey, we have all these kids, but they had the foresight to get something that could sustain us. So we never grew up on the system. We, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, of course, but the way that they raised us was ensure that we were self-sufficient and that we were aware of our community. So the thing I get a kick about you, Bishop and Lady Sharon, is that our we had a neighbor across the street named Vashti, Jack and Vashti Brown. Mm-hmm. And they were instrumental in showing us how to connect in the community in positive ways that we almost grew up in a bubble because we had no real idea like some of the harsh realities that were facing um, people in this, you know, black people for us in the 60s until um, Martin Luther King and, and, and Robert Kennedy and all that. But everybody in our town was very aware of long-term sustainability and really being very focused on moving the entire race forward. So tell me, kindness. tell yeah. me a little mm-hmm. bit though. You, you, I, I want to get to that good part because you talked about passing <laughs> on legacy. You talked about when we say sustainability, let's let's let everybody in on the secret. You guys were consummate farmers. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Just a just a snippet. I just need to because that segues into where we really need to go. Well, what it is is that at the time in the late fifties and sixties, when the country was really going through almost a civil war, black people said, "That's enough of that. We're not having it." We're, we're, we're moving forward. It was the second generation, basically, from the Great Migration from the South to the North. So a lot more black people were educated. And, you know, we had the, the talent that was in New York, but the system would always want to put black people on welfare or government cheese, and, and nothing's wrong with that as a safety net, but it was not supposed to be your mindset or lifestyle so they were very clear that we have a large family here and no one's going to act like our children are hungry or need something from them we we will sustain our own family and it was done with like love and grace because of course when you have a garden and you have like a harvest from um, different fruit trees that you have a lot so you get to share it with the neighbors with relatives and it builds a net work it builds a net and it sustains your community okay all right so what were you doing before you became an entrepreneur well when i left montclair i went to central state university at wilberforce ohio wind up doing a year down in augusta georgia at Bain college and then got a job with boeing in seattle 
and then with United in San Francisco. So after that big um, earthquake in the late 90s, we moved back here to D.C., and I was in the IT industry. So I worked for Sprint. They were sending me back and forth to France. I worked in the technical application centers. So that's what I was doing before understanding that I needed to do something different was when Obama got elected, and it woke me up. So... How did you make that transition from the tech industry, from corporate America, into the creation of Sweet Jesus Jelly and Jams? And I got to tell you guys, that Sweet Jesus Jelly and Jams, you can go on my Facebook page, you'll see a commercial my wife and I did, and we weren't, we weren't messing around. We were actually serious. That, that was some good jelly. doesn't have the, all of those uh, extra additives. It tastes farm yeah. to table. And I'm a big blueberry fan. And Donna knows this. And she always asks me, what do I eat? And I say, this is blueberry, the blueberry, the blueberry. <laughs> and uh, the jam has blueberries in it, real blueberries. And they, the size of them, they look like wild berries. I bet you they're wild berries, which are the best kind of blueberry. And uh, all of her jams have fresh fruit in it. So I'm going to stop talking. Go back, Donna. How'd you make the transition from corporate America? Bishop because it kind of is counterintuitive how I made this transition and that was I was pretty upset when I kind of saw different parts of our country's infrastructure when they came up against Obama and they said we will not support um, his presidency we want a one-term presidency so at that time I was working with the Chamber of Commerce and so I sat with the 70 top um, CEOs um, in the DMV in this area in, in Northern Virginia. So some of the conversation was very disturbing. And I said, I did not grow up like this. And we have to do something more than just follow the plan that a larger group of people have for black people and for progressing our country. So I think I was really sad one day. And I said, Lord, um, what can I do? You know, I said, I'm not on a super PAC. I, I don't have a lot of the things that other people around me have. But I said, didn't you get that guy um, a peanut? Could I get something to contribute to bettering our community and young people? Because some of the, I didn't agree with everything that Obama did. However, I was so happy and proud that I was like, we can be better. So one of the things was that I, um, when I was in San Francisco, lived in San Mateo, and I used to teach adults how to read there. So when I came back on um, the East Coast, I saw that, you know, we have some issues with the kids growing up nowadays. And I said, a lot of them don't have a foundation on how to sustain themselves during hard times. There was a quality of life that black people have enjoyed from the beginning. Like we didn't, like a lot of times we were um, pushed out of the mainstream, but we had our own neighborhoods. And when that great migration came from the south up north, black people were feeding each other all the way through. 
and we had fresh fruits and vegetables because we couldn't go to the stores. We, we had to grow a lot of this stuff. So the way that I transitioned was I started training down at the Capital Area Food Bank right there on Puerto Rico um, Avenue down in D.C. They have eight wards in D.C. So they have partnerships with um, year-round garden-based youth entrepreneurs. They're like a co-op program, right? Mm -hmm. So this program is like a youth-led business, and the Mighty Greens are the group that I was training. And you train them how to use the excess fruit and vegetables. I don't really can vegetables, but I sure can can fruit. And I was teaching them how to can um, strawberry, blueberry, and uh, we never got to the peach. I said, this will sustain you, and it doesn't have any additives except natural pectin, the least amount of sugar, just a pinch of butter during the process, but it's all about the process. So that led me into um, understanding that kids need us to reach back to them to give them tools. We have to take time, spend time with people to transfer skill sets, mindsets, and love. That's powerful. That's uh, part of the focus of this uh, podcast, being able to give a platform to anybody who wants to listen and we have an audience that is worldwide and many of them are from an agrarian society and they need to know that just being a farmer, being able to produce your own is a gift from God to be yeah. able to sustain your family when the economy is as volatile as it is today is yeah. critical mass in our future. And uh, I didn't, I, you know, you taught me something earlier and I was amazed. I said, I never knew why they called New Jersey the Garden State. And oh, now yeah. I know <laughs> no, everyone had, had a garden. Everywhere. I mean, Jersey tomatoes, you had um, onions, peaches. In fact, New Jersey is the second largest producer of peaches. I you would didn't. think it's Georgia, but South Carolina, um, New Jersey. I mean, I can just give you a bunch of details on who's producing what. You know, and it was a big deal because when you have a population, you have to feed them. That's and right. There are certain core things, and it fits right into what God does with us, though, Bishop. Think about it. When I'm teaching them the process. I said, these strawberries are going to go through three heatings. I mean, we have to clean them, and, and, and then we put them in a pan. We have to heat it. Then you have to skim off the excess because whatever made it grow, we now have to go get it. Then you have to go in and add whatever pectin or whatever it is to preserve it. It gets heated again. And then once you ladle it or put it into the jars, it goes into hot boiling water because I use water canning method okay. because it's the simplest. And it makes it delicious. But if those poor little strawberries knew in the beginning how many times they had to get cleaned up, they may have reconsidered. But in a lot of ways, they bring such joy to humanity, God's creation, by letting him use them. But he changes us, 
and I use fruit as an analogy on the changes uh, human beings have to go through from being young adults to mature adults. It's never going to be a cakewalk. No tree that produces fruit eats its own fruit. That, you know, that's rotten fruit. You're here to give back to who really created you, and that's our creator. He uses our gifts. He uses our fruit to better all humanity. It's, it's a really beautiful concept, and that's nothing but the Holy Ghost doing that, Bishop. That is, that is powerful. <laughs> I, I wanted to cut in a, a few little bit earlier, but I, once I heard you, you got on a roll there. And I was getting some analogy myself. I said, oh, I'm going to use that. That's good right there. That's good. <laughs> That's it. Oh, Bishop, it's, it's a blast. And think about it. Even the way I really got into business was that church people kept buying the jams. I used to make jams and give it to guest speakers or if we had like an anniversary or things like that. People kept saying, I've never tasted anything this good. And I said, oh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. When God cleans you up, Bishop, it is, he does such amazing work with anything you give him. If you give yourself to God, he will turn you into something he can use that will reflect just how good he is to us. It's amazing. Who we serve, Bishop. It is it is amazing, Donna. There's so much in what you do, and there's yet uh, a journey that you're yet taking. Tell us about the challenges of entrepreneur entrepreneurial work, the obstacles, and even tell us because this is an opportunity to just tell us, you know, what can this community do? If someone may be listening who has access to distribution or marketing. Uh, and just feels a burden or a passion to help someone who really has something unique to offer to our society. So tell us about your obstacles and your challenges and, and that you're facing, currently facing. Well, the only thing, real obstacle I have is just really capital to expand. Okay. Like I, I, I work full time and I also do this. And if I had it, it would be the other way around. Okay. So I, I would just like to really get into our schools, get into different aspects where young people or even really, um, you know, baby boomers, anybody who wants to learn this skill set and how to do it safely, because it's always about how you safely do this. And I am more than willing to um, to share this skill set that has sustained us for generations here. And I do mean 400 years here in this country. Our great, great, great grandparents, our forefathers used this method and passed it down. The thing that I feel that one of the challenges is, is just getting to the generations like getting to this next generation. Like how can we help single mothers? How can we have people who are transitioning from one stage of life to another? How can we have fellowship and community with them? And they don't always have to be Christians. So I don't want to stay 
like um, just isolated, you know, with church people, I would like to get out into the greater community and teach this skill set. But as I say, my jams are called Jesus Jams and Jelly. I'm not changing that. And I do talk about, um, you know, Jesus, um, not as um, stuffing it out people's throats, but God is the creator of all of this. And people are thirsty for this. They just want to be able to digest it on their own. And God can use anything he wants to to introduce this good news to them. So that's the only obstacle I have is time and maybe enough capital to go many places (laughs) and teach this. So listen, Donna, and Kip Nation, you've heard it. If you're out there and you have... Uh, angel investment money or just investment money if you have capital if you just see that this is a good cause and would like to be a part of pushing this effort to extend donna's reach into the nations uh please please contact her donna tell us how we can reach you cool oh sure you can you can call me or text me at 703-470-7790 and I have a Facebook page, Sweet Jesus Jams and Jelly. I want to make sure that I, I get that number one more time. Sure. Uh, 703-470-7790. That is the That's number it. to Donna Bailey. She also has a Facebook page. It's Sweet Jesus Jams. Sweet Jesus Jams. Okay, your Facebook page is Sweet Jesus. <laughs> yes. Jesus Jams, and we are delighted again to have this woman warrior who is passing on legacy to our generation here in the DMV, and we'd like to extend this and get some backers. Come on, some of you out there have the ability to help with this project. So, uh, Donna, thank you so very, very much for being a part of the show. Is there any closing remarks you have, anything you want to say? I just want to say thank you, Bishop. Your book, Press Into the Power, there was so much in there that I can now incorporate into my deep, my training. I am just tickled, tickled pee. But that is a very powerful book, and thank you very much for writing it. Um, I'll be teaching that. Bits and pieces out of that. Um, it's an excellent read. Excellent read. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. And you know I give all glory to God. Precedent Power, you can pick that up at any uh, major bookstore. You can hit me on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or any major platform. I'm pretty much on all of them, and uh, we will make sure you get a copy. Donna, thank you again for being on the show. Donna Bailey, she is, again, the founder and entrepreneur behind, uh, creator entrepreneur behind Sweet Jesus Jams and Jelly. Support her and enhance your breakfast table. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I want you to remember one thing because, uh, oh, one thing. I believe Mother's Day is right around the corner. So if you haven't got your wife or your daughter or your mother a gift, make sure you do it. But I want you to remember one thing. Go and influence the nations. God bless. Have a great week.